building deep into relationships and in many ways you're church planting on the internet and so it is it is a beautiful model i think that you are creating and discipleship is done in relationship and i think online relationships are are the most tangible form of building an online relationship is a zoom call it's face to face and so you're using the technology that is really free and accessible or at most costs like $12 a month. Right. And what a powerful tool and physical buildings or even a cup of coffee isn't that cheap. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by a new friend to the podcast, but not a new friend into the online ministry world. Uh, Simon Anderson is joining us today from Church of the King in Louisiana. Simon, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. What an amazing privilege. So cool. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a, definitely a privilege uh, for me and for us. And uh, and and this podcast really started in online church to really document DJ Chuang started this podcast probably 12 years ago to really document online church, online ministry and what that looks like and uh, and, 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 and how far and how far we've gone uh, in, in, in the social media world. And so while we broaden the conversation to social media practices for local and online, today we're going to dig into online and, and really online discipleship is the conversation uh, that I want to have. Uh, but, but Simon, for those listening, um, maybe first tell us about Church of the King and what, what are some of the distinctions of Church of the King? And then tell us about yourself and your role and how you get into the role of Church of the King. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're a multi-site church. We're part of ARC and uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Steve, is kind of running with those guys, Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands, you know, a lot of those those guys. And we've been a church since 1999 in the greater New Orleans area. And Pastor Steve was uh, at Tulane University, was radically saved, gave his life to Christ, and uh, was doing student ministry. He ran a, an organization doing ministry in schools and really just had a heart to, uh, to one day plant a church. So he planted Church of the King in a suburb here on the north side of uh, Big Lake. It's the longest bridge in the world, uh, right outside of New Orleans. And so... Uh, so he planted this church in 1999, and it's uh, it's really grown. We're a multi-site church now, and we're kind of in that greater New Orleans, greater Gulf South region, you know, Baton Rouge to Biloxi, Mississippi, and then also just recently planted a campus in Atlanta, Georgia, and and then of course our seventh campus, uh, the online campus, which uh, we've been doing for a long time as well. But of course, like everyone else, became a really big priority for us. Yeah. So what? What? And Simon, I, I want to cut you off for a minute because I want to get into online. But I, but I, you reminded me of that bridge that you talked about because I remember my first time going to Church of the King. It's it's like you think Long Bridge, like Brooklyn Bridge, is a Long Bridge. This is this is not Brooklyn Bridge. We're talking like thirty minutes a drive yeah. on the bridge. Yeah. Going so the bridge, you can't see either side on in the front or behind you. It's it's wild, man. You feel like you're in the middle of the ocean. It's crazy. It's crazy. Dude, have, and, and I remember thinking, what if we broke down on this bridge? Like, what do you do? Uh, anyways, it, it is. So if you, you've got to go to Louisiana experience. There's a commute across that bridge every day into the city. You know, do you like, really? That's awesome. That's, okay. So let's talk about how did you get connected to Church of the King? Did you start in your role doing it online or what, what was your journey? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of grew up in this church. I 
you know, sort of attending as a teenager in the youth group and, and really established my relationship with God at this church. So I'm, you know, I would consider myself a son in this house, you know, really a grown yeah. here. And, uh, and I, my plan was not to work in ministry. I went to college for computer science. So I was going to work in software. So after school, I got a software job in New Orleans and was working on my MBA and, but, but really involved in the church, you know, in the life of the church and serving and, and my passion really was, even at that time, was discipleship, meeting with younger guys and investing in the next generation. And one of the pastors approached me and he said, hey, you uh, you should quit your job. Once you finish your MBA, you should quit your job and come work for us. And, and I basically told him, thanks, but no thanks. I'd never considered it, and I didn't really even consider it at the time. Yeah. Uh, but over a period of a couple of months, I, I really just couldn't shake that that uh that thought or that idea. And, and so through our conversation with our senior pastor, Pastor Steve, he kind of just said, man, just jump out of the boat. You're not signing up for the army. Like they can leave for free. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he kind of de-spiritualized it. I think I was yep. like, spiritualizing it. Yeah. So I took a leap of faith and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And, uh, I came on staff. Um, the vision that they cast was we want you to be our future online campus pastor. Okay. Yeah. We're not really there just yet. We have an online campus, but it's not a full-time gig. Uh, so we want you to help us get up to speed on social media. Yep. Have a role, full-time role for that. So that was my first role at the church, was in the communications department, helping kind of form our social media approach and ministry, and but then doing church online as well, kind of a, a small part of my job on the side. Yeah. And when did you go full-time into to church online, full, you know, fully? March 14th of 2020 <laughs> and also full back to the communications world because that's how we were communicating with our church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so uh, you got a lot of attention quickly. And we had a lot of support. I mean, our whole staff was, you know, was, was coming behind all of that. So it was great. Yeah. But really January 1 of 21 was when I fully relinquished all, all communications yeah. and fully stepped into online. So, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. What, so, so, so you're now a couple years into your role, uh, in, in figuring things out. What, what have been some of the wins and what have been some of the, if you're, if you're willing to admit some of the fall on your face moments, uh, because that's inevitable as you, as you begin to pioneer a new space, what, what are, what are some of the learnings that you've had in the last couple of years? Uh, that's a great question. I think some of the wins are, you know, just the potential, the opportunity that's there, that's not there in a physical building. Yeah. And really not just seeing the potential, but seeing some of it actually come to fruition of, yeah. of what it, the, what you're capable of doing to reach people yeah. in a way that's never been done before. And, yeah. and for me personally, to see those acts, to see like the life change, the real stories of people uh, like there's a guy in England who's part of our church, found our church during COVID and has really given his life to Christ. And I've been able to personally walk with him and see just the the tangible results of what we're doing and uh, and that it actually works, you know, yes. something that we never would have been able to do 20 years yeah. ago and, and really wouldn't have been pushed to do even if, if it wasn't for the pandemic. So uh, so I would say just the the life change and the the potential opportunity there you know yeah. um that 
as far as the challenges go, I would just say it's church that it's it's church like it's never been done before. Yeah. It means that there's not there's not as many manuals. <laughs> there's not as many, you know, here's a one, two, three step process. Yeah. So a lot of us are just kind of figuring it out as we go, yes. which is exciting and scary and cool. But it's also kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel kind of alone in this. It's like, I can talk to people that are in other churches and, but at least here where I am, I feel like I'm the, really the only one yeah. that's fully thinking of, or really understands and is thinking about it. Yeah. And I'm on the campus pastor zoom call with all, you know, with six of our physical campus pastors and me. And sometimes it feels like, you know, I'm learning from them and the, the heartbeat of what they're doing, yes. but the practical outworking of it just looks so different for me, you know, which can still kind of lonely. If I'm being yes. Honest, you know? um, How I, I feel that hundred percent. How do when, uh, and this is a question I've, I've gotten a lot, um, is what, and I'm, and I've gotten this, I say, I've asked my family members this, when family members are asked what you do for a living, what how, what is their response? How would your family describe or what do you tell people when they're like, what what do you do exactly? How do you describe your job to to the everyday person? Well, it's even harder when it's like my grandparents or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, well, I'm kind of a pastor and I don't <laughs> really to talk to, I don't really get to see the people and, you know, um, but I'll, I usually just say, I'll describe our vision of planning campuses. And I'll just yeah. say that, you know, as a church, we were a multi-site church, which some people don't even know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll say we have multiple campuses, but it's one church. Yeah. And I oversee what we call our online campus. And really what that is, is it's, it's a, uh, in our heart, it's a way for us to take all the components of a physical campus and try to replicate it as well as possible online. And also go beyond that and do things that we couldn't do at a physical campus yeah. to actually be more effective to reach people yeah, in, in the digital world. I love that. I love that. I, I think it's, you know, you just summarized that so well. I think for anybody that's thinking about launching an online campus is, you know, just look at what, like some people are like, well, they, they try to just copy Life Church or Saddleback or, or one of these churches that have done it for a while. And, and the reality is that works because they did a good job of replicating their church in person. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that I loved in, in our you know conversation um, prior to, to this is you just sharing about some of the things you're doing to replicate Church of the King. And, and a lot of it, what, what really caught my attention is the personalization. So can you share a little bit about when somebody visits Church of the King online, how how do you how do you integrate them into the life of the church? What's that kind of onboarding process of a new member uh, to Church of King online? Yeah, well, I'll just say before I even go into the specifics of that, I'll say that I think our the heartbeat of our church and of our senior pastor, yeah, is that it would never feel like a big church. You know, even get really big, that we would make it feel like a small church. What I mean by that is that you don't lose that personal touch of people feeling like they're known and they're yeah. cared for and that you can actually find meaningful friendships and relationships in this church, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so we try to replicate that online as well. You know, we don't, we're, we're not trying to scale too quickly because that's, I think that can become dangerous where you're trying to automate things too quickly and you have automated text follow-ups and automated emails and all those things are good. 
but I do think that there's something special when someone feels that you're giving them the time of day to to personally talk to them and uh, and to see them as a as a human being, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we we try to build that into every single process, including assimilation and first time guests follow up. You know. Yeah. Um, one thing that we do that we recently started doing is we do what we call next steps, which is like, you know, a kind of a growth track or onboarding assimilation process, what a lot of churches call it. Um, and it's four classes or four experiences. Yeah. And we used to schedule those at a rigid time, you know, one time a week, yeah. once a month, really. And, um, and, and that works in person. Cause it's like, well, they're coming to a service and maybe yeah. right the service, they can come get a free lunch and go, yeah. class, you know, but we realized that online, you know, food people all throughout the world, and we're trying really all trying to build a campus. We're not just trying to front door for people that are at a physical campus. We're trying to reach yeah. people and get them assimilated, get them connected. Then let's meet them where they're at. And so we started using Calendly to basically allow them to schedule those classes anytime that it works for them. Yes. And right now we're not big enough where that's not inundating my schedule with meetings all week long. And so it's one of the best uses of my time to, to say, hey, I'll take you through step one personally. You know, I'll 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 allocate forty five minutes on my calendar to to meet with somebody personally that's new. I mean, that's like for me, it's great because I'm you know I, I'm getting to know our new people, and for them, they feel very heard and cared for. And it's like, man, I'm getting to spend time with with somebody one-on-one to yes to get connected in this church. So we've seen some good results come out of that, just that personal touch and not scaling things too quickly. I I think, I think at the end of the day, uh, and that's, it, it's, it's beautiful. And uh, honestly, it's so simple. And, and, and I think that it, and this is, you're the second person I feel like that, I, that I've heard a very similar model to a Ju- Justin Herman at Mariner's church is that a very similar thing where he's like, let's do coffee, you know, virtual coffee. And, you know, he's got a scheduling link that he sends out and it's like, yeah, why aren't we doing more of that? And and the truth is because we're often, especially online thinking scale and we're thinking we need to reach thousands and we need to be life church or transformation church. And, and at the end of the day, like God might grow us to that large, but the truth is they need to be doing the same. And, and I, honestly, I know that they wish they could if they aren't. Uh, and it can scale because as you're doing that, you're modeling for others who in the future can, you can use Calendly for multiple people and you can use zoom for multiple people and this will scale, but I think you're modeling it. And I think you're building deep into relationships and in many ways you're church planting on the internet. And so it is, it is a beautiful model. I think that you are creating and discipleship is done in relationship. And I think online relationships are, are, the most tangible form of building an online relationship is a Zoom call. It's face-to-face. And so you're using the technology that is really free and accessible or at most costs like $12 a month. Right. And what a powerful tool. And physical buildings or even a cup of coffee isn't that cheap. You know, if you have a couple, couple, you know, coffee meetings. And so the cost isn't there. I think the biggest challenge is sometimes the time. And to your point is, look, if you can do five of these a month, six of these, 10 of these a month, the the value of those relationships form is huge. Uh, and so I think if there's no other takeaway from this conversation, I think it's, man, you should be every church leader. I think uh, whether it's local or online should be looking at how can I use something like Calendly 
and how can I use Zoom to deepen relationships, but especially online, yeah. uh, because it is such a powerful tool. It's such a simple tool, yeah. and we we I think we've kind of gone through this phase of like people got Zoom fatigue, uh, but I think it that's gone. You know, like we're now about into rhythms of how people are using. You know, everybody uses Zoom. That you know we're over having been forced to use Zoom. Now we use it for a high value. And we're used to using it, and so you know, quit making excuses like Zoom fatigue. Yeah. And start Zooming, you know, with your people. You know, for just for me personally, my wife's family lives in Sweden. So our only oh, okay. with them is on FaceTime or Zoom. And, yeah. you know, we wouldn't use Zoom fatigue as an excuse to not yeah. out with them or connect with them. It's it's a tool that we that that's so valuable to us to maintain that relationship. And I would say the same thing with yeah. is coming to our church. If they are wanting to be a part of our church digitally, yeah. then they're probably the kind of person that would would be very open to having a relationship like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I personally am, I'm passionate about discipleship because I think that's the way God builds his church. Yeah. So yeah. There's advantage. There's the time and place for big rallies and evangelism. And, and I'm, I'm all about that. But, but I do think that the way that we really build long-term is through one-on-one personal discipleship. And, and I, I, it's exponential, you know, it's not like it has to just fall on one person, but once you've invested in somebody else, you know, then you have three people that are doing it, and then it just grows exponentially from there, and it could actually be even more impactful than than, so, than a one talented person that can preach to thousands. You know, I love that. I love that. Is there Simon in your time of doing these calls, uh, and in in the last couple of years, is there maybe a story or two that jumps out to you of like, man, this is why I do what I do. This is why we we built an online campus so that we can reach this person or these people. Uh, what, what, what are, is, is there any example that, that comes top of mind for you? Yeah. I mean, one that, that just comes to mind that we've celebrated a lot is there's a young man named, uh, named Vinay who lives in India. Okay. And he stumbled across our church on Facebook just, uh, just a couple of years ago, two years yeah. ago. And, uh, I believe he was, I believe he was already a Christian at the time. He had given his life to Christ, but he was very isolated. He, uh, he was living in a in a little village in a small town in India, with no churches near him, and no really se- sense of connection. But but he loved God. Yeah, he found our church, and he really got connected with us. I, I remember the first time that I messaged him on Facebook, and I just you know you get some we get people that kind of drive by, and you know what I mean. Like it just kind of landed our 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 streams, and they you may not see them again. But I messaged him and I said, hey, thanks so much for being a part of our online service. We're grateful. And he said, yeah, I love our church. And I love that comment because it, it made it, it's like it, there was a sense of belonging already. Yeah. So I started building a relationship with him and, and through him being a part of our church, he's really just um, been, he's been charged with the Great Commission to reach people throughout his local community and and so what he does now is he just goes on prayer walks and he goes on evangelism walks and he's sharing the gospel with these people in a in a very uh re- restricted nation and there's no churches in the room sharing the gospel people are coming to know christ he's water baptizing people in his village and just recently two years ago he said he watched our christmas service online and he saw that we did yeah. at the end he said, I want to put on a Christmas service with my local village. Wow. So he put on a Christmas service and 63 people showed up, <laughs> which was amazing. 63 yes. people that are all Hindus. 
and mm-hmm. the gospel. He got bought candles. Wow. And uh, so then it gets better. A year later, he said, I want to do my Christmas service again. So I'm praying with them and yeah. encouraging him. I'm like, let's believe God for double that. Let's believe for yeah. 20. So he starts putting the work in. He's printing flyers, handing them out, inviting people yeah. to the service. And 930 people showed up <laughs> to <during> Christmas service. <laughs> and, you know, just a couple dozen people even raised their hands and gave their lives to Christ. And so he's, he's like, we're kind of like, what do we do with this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's such a cool example of how we've been able to be an encouragement to him, yeah, to to really make the take the gospel to his local area, yeah. And we're kind of like, man, what's God doing here, you know? But yeah. but to, to just see kind of the, the beginning stages of that and be a part of it, just being yes. in in that relationship with him, it's really cool. It's it's so special. I I love hearing that story. I think I think one of the things that I experienced with online church back in the day was these the people that i would have an experience like that with uh i would learn and 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 be blessed far more than we were ever able to bless them um through those relationships and our you know i I know our san antonio when i was a community bible church our san antonio location was blessed more than you we perceived that our local church was going global we actually bringing the world into our uh local church uh and integrating the two um it's it's incredible uh, what God can do beyond our wildest dreams as we just kind of open that door and see what God does. I, I was on a conversation with a pastor yesterday who who was just going through that moment of, you know, I was always resistant to online and the purest with it. It was like, but I keep hearing stories and of how God's using our stream to reach people. And it's like, I, d- I don't know what to do with it, uh, but, but I, I just at the end of the day, I feel like God's just calling me to steward it. And I think that's sometimes what we're doing is is we don't like with in this situation, you're like, I don't know what to do with this, but I'm going to try to steward what God's doing here as best I, as best I can and best I know how and we're going to make mistakes in that process. Yeah. Uh, but but I think God is bigger than whatever flaws that we have in our unknown uh, pursuit of yeah. God's God's calling and direction. Yeah, well, Simon, like, no, matter what, no matter what. um your philosophy is on church online. You just can't argue with lives being transformed by the yeah. gospel. So whether it's a long-term, you know, church strategy or it's just a, an evangelistic strategy, yeah, I'm just using it, and that's undeniable. And so it's it's cool and a privilege to be a part of that. 100%. It is, and I, you know, I have no doubt. I, I, yeah, that that we're all making plenty of mistakes. And I remember my youth ministry days, all the things that I did wrong as a youth pastor, and speeding in the church van with kids in it uh and and god was bigger than my dumb you know 23 year old youth pastor self uh in in that season and god's you know bigger than our mistakes that we'll make but but i think is if we with humility you know pursue these opportunities god gives us and he'll create clarity uh where we need to correct ourselves uh i believe but you know so so simon you at, at the core though what you're doing in church of the king is you're just biblically looking at how do we do church, which came out of a biblical foundation? How do we then use these tools of the internet? As you look to the future, uh, what what does the future look like to you? What are what are some of the things you get excited about? Uh, what what is what is the future of church Church of the King look like online? Yeah, great question. I think you know our leadership team. We're all in with this. We're not stepping back. We're we're not like oh well you know let's you know our senior pastor he jokes about how every January. He would, uh, he used to make the, you know, 
this statement kind of at the beginning of the year. Hey, if you're watching online, you need to get out of your pajamas and get in church, you know? And and he talks about now, he would never make a statement like that. Because he really <laughs> believes that wow. that it's a um it's a viable thing, you know, and yeah. and that you, you have to kind of trust that people will make their own choices. You know, like if somebody's near a Bible believing, healthy church and they and they feel like they want to be a part of that, then great, you know. Yes. So uh, we do believe that it's a viable thing for people. I think I mean, I even think of Gen Z and the generation below them, like my kids, they're going to grow up in a world where it's totally okay and actually normal to just have relationships with people online. And it's not, it's not, doesn't feel like it's a subpar experience or like, like if you, if you, you know, like, let's say, you know, someone that's, you know, 3000 miles away that your relationship would be that much better if they lived next door, but they actually believe that the internet is almost just as normal and good as, as reality, you know? Yeah. And so I think we'll keep pressing into this space. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with VR and, and some yeah. other things. Yeah. I guess that's to be determined, but for us, we're going to keep pressing in and, and going full force ahead with our online campus. We also see that, that it's a viable church growth strategy yeah. or even for church planning, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I know other churches do that as well, but we believe that we don't, we don't want to just, uh, do, we don't want to just do the watch party thing. Like if there are people gathering in a local area and they're doing a watch party, great. We'll support that. But we also want to follow kind of the, the Macedonian call. If there's a, if God is really stirring something like in our Atlanta campus yeah. was birthed out of church online. There was a group of wow. families that were watching and it grew and they were meeting now in three homes and it was a hundred people and they reached out to us and said, Hey, would you consider planning a church here? And so we believe that, that those opportunities will come again, where God will open a door through kind of hot spots or, you know, whatever you want to call it, where, where there are, God is really stirring something and someone's, you know, people are finding a meaningful kind of connection with us, with our church, with our senior pastor, and that will plant campuses through that. And we believe that even globally that we'll be able to, yeah. our pastor has a heart. We have a heart for, for the nations and us. Uh, and I'm from Sweden originally, and so and my wife was a missionary kid, and yeah. you know we're, we're real. You know we really, you know we believe God is calling us in our church to make an impact on the world, and uh, and I think church online will be a tool that He'll use to maybe get us there more quickly. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I've, I've got a question that I've got a uh what and and well one I love your pastor so much. Uh, pastor Steve is one of just the greatest men of God I've, I've ever met. And, and, and I think you hear that in this conversation, he's easy, uh, to, to follow. Um, and he, um, yeah, he's just, he's such a visionary and I love his humility of saying, I, I used to say this, but now I'm going to, I'm going to eat my words and never say that again. And, um, and that, that takes humility, I think as, as a leader to, uh, and it's not necessarily admitting your fault. It's just seeing new opportunities that God is opening and then and then pursuing those and I think too empowering you. Uh, I I want to go down a tangent with that though, and I will uh, after this though. But I I am curious. You mentioned that you're from Sweden. I don't know anybody from Sweden. I'm my family is from Sweden. Nils is a Swedish name. No, I've never I... met <laughs> another Nils. Have you? But people in Sweden say it's a very popular name. Have yeah. you ever met another Nils being from Sweden? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Have. Absolutely. I <laughs> asked you that, but I didn't know if it was appropriate for this conversation. Or yeah. 
Well, yeah, no, totally. Yep. Okay. So I've never met it. I have a Nils chair from Ikea though. Uh, and so when I saw that, I was like, I have to own it. Uh, that's my wife's favorite restaurant of all time. And, <laughs> but the restaurant's hilarious for the food. That's hilarious. Um, so, so I, you know, I want to, so one of the things that pastor Steve does though, that, that I, I have enjoyed in my meetings with him is he repeats, like, let me repeat this so that you can, uh, understand it. So, so one of the things I want to repeat for the people listening to this podcast is one, you have a leader that has vision that's easy to follow and a leader that is going to empower you uh, in that vision uh, and that a lot of leaders want to hoard this. And so I, I really want to encourage lead pastors to listen to this is look at how Pastor Steve has empowered Simon and cast a vision direction for this. That's really critical yeah. uh, and important. The The other thing that I, I want to point out is I have not really heard you talk about technology at all in this conversation. And I think that's a really important point here because the technology really doesn't matter. Even I mentioned VR, who knows where this technology is going. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're seeing the ministry and you're utilizing the technology, but you're letting the technology just be a resource that you don't need to get way ahead of. You just need to understand the functionality of the technology so that you can use it to accomplish the church's goals. Uh, And so we've got to stop chasing shiny technology objects and just do ministry. Uh, and I think that's what I've heard is like, you basically look at the technology and what's possible and you look at what the church does and you just connect the dots. Yeah. It's not, it's not rocket science here, but it it's ministry done well. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that's, that's so important. And then Simon, I, I think the other thing I want to, I want to point out is, it, it is with that is, is empowering the right person. Uh, and I think this is both, you know, as a thing about the senior pastor of like, they've got to empower people, but they got to empower the right person in, in, Pastor Steve knew you, you know, and, and and the church leadership knew you. They trusted you to represent the church well, to build systems and do something new. Uh, and, and I think, too, we often are just like, let's just let the youth pastor do it on the side. Let's just let the technology guy do it on the side. And that's where I see it not working. Where I see it working is when I see like, oh, this guy, he could be a campus pastor of a physical campus, but let's actually give him a greater challenge of using the internet and doing something that isn't yet as systematic uh in what we're doing and so i think i think church the king is just such a great model for how to do this well because i think a lot of churches are continuing to be like what's our approach here uh as we move forward and i think it's a combination of you i think it's pastor steve i think it's your systems i think it's your approach uh and i think god is already i mean these stories alone you got a whole new campus in atlanta out of you got a basically a campus in india uh that is developing it's like in your stewarding god's movement through you know, you're just leaning into it. So I, I just, I love what I'm seeing. I love what I'm hearing. And I think it's such a great model for other churches. Simon, what ad- other advice would you have as we, as we wrap up this conversation for church leaders that are considering online church or really just getting started in online church for what you've learned? Yeah, no, that's good. Two two things come to mind. I'm sure there's more, but but I would say number one would just, I, I want to echo what you said about vision. One thing that I absolutely love about Pastor Steve is he's one of the most, uh, high vision leaders that I've ever dealt with. He's amazing. I mean, I'm just so grateful to, to get to interact with him and learn from him. And he just dreams big. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, but it's important to have vision for where you're going. So, you know, one of the questions that I think you should ask when you're trying to, you know, if you're try- building an online church or online campus is what are we trying to accomplish? Because there's a lot of different ways that you can go based on that. And so once you kind of establish what your vision is and what you're trying to accomplish, then you can, the second step would be to build 
based on that vision, based on where you're going. Because if you don't, if you don't know where you're going, then how are you even going to know how to get there? You know, and where those tools come in, you can, you can start to think through which tools are going to help you get there, but you have to establish where, where are you going? And the second thing I would say too is data is important to make informed decisions based on what you're seeing, you know, because I think a lot of people, my myself included, I'd fall into the trap of this feels good or I like this or kind of subjective opinion kind of thing. But we've really tried to discipline ourselves to make decisions based on what the data is saying, you know, what's working. So like one thing that we try to do is to change things up from time to time and, you know, maybe change the way that we ask people to, like, let's say the first time guest card, you know, hey, we're asking somebody to fill out a first time guest card. To change the way we're doing that, maybe do that for six weeks, monitor the results. And if it's working well, then great, go with that. But if it's not, maybe try something else. And if that kind of tanks or whatever, it's like try things and make decisions based on what the data is telling you. Yes. And, uh, and cause then you're, you're, it's, it's informed decisions. It's not just, yes. you know, and of course there's faith and we got to pray and ask God for wisdom. And sometimes that even goes against logic and data, but I think yes. data is just really important. It's something that we've been really leaning in on as a church. Cause we want to, we want to make, make better decisions, you know? Yes. Simon, we, we're going to have to have you back on the, the podcast to talk about that in particular, because that is such an important conversation. So we're going to do that in the next month or two, uh, because that, that's a whole, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, like would, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast that we need to talk about. And, and I think it is so important because I think it, we have this data available yet. I, I, so, I so often hear, um, what we feel like, you know, this isn't working. We feel, I'm like, well, well, what's the data telling me? Like, I don't know. And it's like, you haven't looked. Uh, that's the beauty. That's one of the beautiful things of online is that we actually know so much more about the exactly. people that are coming, how long they're coming, when they got there, how they got there, that that we don't have to guess as to why people are there and how long they're staying and what kind of response they're, they're taking. And there's a lot of things that we can test and do and learn from the data. So we're going to have a whole conversation about that I can't wait to have it. Uh, Simon, uh, how, how can people connect with you online? What's, uh, what's the best place uh, online for them to, to find you? You can find me. I, I have an Instagram. Uh, it's just Simon Anderson with two S's. Okay. Spelling. There you go. The Swedish, the Swedish spelling of Anderson. Or you can email me. It's online at churchoftheking.com. There you go. There you go. We're going old school email on the social media church podcast. Uh, it's a, that's a great call. Uh, it's, I think I'm going to just put a plug to it's also a missed step for so many churches with online that they're not emailing that they're so reliant on social media. You need to be using email on your online campus. People still use it and it's way better uh, than social media. And I'm the social media guy. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, use email. I love that you just put that out there. Um, yeah, go, I'm going to, we're going to put a link to, uh, we won't put that email. We might actually like do it wrong. Cause I don't want, a bunch of spam bots to find you online uh, by putting that email, but, uh, but go find uh, Simon online and on Instagram. We'll have that Instagram handle uh, in the show notes at socialmedia.church. Uh, Simon, thank you for modeling uh, such great ministry leadership. Thank you for sharing so transparently. And we can't wait to have you back you, uh, to talk about data driven decisions. Love it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank, and thanks everyone for listening. If you would uh, leave a rating or review on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever it is, 
you're listening and go to socialmedia.church for the show notes and everything else and old episodes there. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you again on the next episode.